2: And so the childcare is oh. substantial. And that's
3: going to go up come next February. About an additional, probably about a thousand more a month with the third child.
2: Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Giddey, and I am your host and also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here today with my guest, Mary Margaret. Hey, Barbara, I'm so happy to be on. Thank you. Uh, My name is Mary Margaret. I'm uh,
3: 36 years old, and I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I have two young sons that are four and one. Um, and actually have another one on the way come November.
2: Oh, congratulations. Thank
3: you.
0: Thank you.
2: And the, so the one year old was born then in the middle of the pandemic. Well,
3: so he, okay, he's actually a year, he's 16 months now. So he was born three months before everything shut oh, down. Wow. Um, Which, you know, I was pretty fortunate to not have to go uh, through labor in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, because I heard that, that that was
2: tough that they weren't letting, you know, you'd have to have the baby alone for in in some cases. Yeah,
3: it was, I had a couple of friends who had to go through that and it was changing day by day. It was like, sometimes they could come in and then they could never leave, you know, it just sounded awful. So, um, it sounds like things will be kind of back to normal when I deliver in November.
2: Nice. You missed it. (laughs) You timed it right. And truthfully, having a
3: baby, especially a second baby in the middle of the pandemic, like we weren't going to go do anything anyway. So um, we we were happy, not happy staying at home, but it worked out for us um, to not go do anything. So although he's like kind of amazed anytime we go out now and you know go to the grocery store, he didn't go to the grocery store for over a year. So he was a little bit filtered.
2: That's so, so funny. He's like, what are, who are all these
0: people?
3: Yeah. He's like, what is going on? That, you know, he thinks it's normal for everybody to wear a mask. So
2: <laughs> interesting way to be introduced to the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So tell me a little bit, I have an amazing spreadsheet here cause we all know I love a good spreadsheet. Um, so are you working currently? Yeah.
3: So, um, I do work from home now and I, I think that will probably continue, um, Forever at this point. Um, I might have to go back to the office, you know, one day a week or something along those lines, but not until next spring. Um, I work for a historic home here in Charleston and I oversee all earned revenue. So that's like kind of retail and missions, everything along those lines.
2: Oh, that's cool. You're the first person. I, one of the reasons I really like the podcast is I hear all these interesting jobs. Mm hmm. I've never heard of that.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've um, kind of hopped around job wise and it's been a really good fit, especially having a family. It's a nonprofit and um, really family oriented. So I'm extremely thankful for that.
2: Oh, that's great. And then working from home, you think that will probably stay or yeah. you just go in once a week and check on things?
3: Yeah. And, you know, I go in if I need to. And, um, but our CEO is, you know, pretty understanding of everything. And so it does look like this can be kind of a long term. Which makes my life, you know, a thousand times easier. So not easy, but <laughs> easier than it was.
2: Easier. Perfect. And then yeah. um I look at the spreadsheet. So this is your take home um every it looks like the fifteenth and thirtieth, so you get paid twice a month. So twenty-four pay periods.
3: Yes. So actually my husband's um is every two weeks and his is every two weeks on a Wednesday.
2: Got it okay. um, and
3: then mine is the 15th and the 30th, but that just kind of blows my mind and trying to figure that all out. So I just kind of align it and hopefully it falls normally, it falls kind of right around the same time.
2: Okay, okay. And what does your husband do?
3: He works for um, a solar company and does utility scale solar land development.
2: Cool, okay. And it so it looks like and it always you know it varies by state, but so your um, do you have your gross numbers as well? I have your net numbers here.
3: Yeah, so um, I make I want to say it's like sixty five, sixty six thousand a year. Uh, we get typically get three percent cost of living increases, and so I want to say it's right around there. Um, and my take home is so much lower because I have maxed out my FSA, my HSA, all of our health insurance is on mine, and okay. then um, about six percent into the four hundred one k. So and you have a, phone a lot at, more- your,
2: at your job.
3: Yes, and um, they match 6%, and wow. then there's a 2% discretionary at the end of the year that has always passed. So,
2: Like a profit one. Mm-hmm, uh, exactly. Perfect. Okay, great. So then, wow, so you have 14% going into your retirement. Yes. Nice. Okay, and then your husband, is he about the same in terms of income? Or
3: He, um, I think, is closer to 73 now. 73. And I didn't build this in, but he gets it's not a guarantee, but he gets about eight thousand in bonuses. It's like two thousand every quarter. Um, and I don't have that built in because normally what I do is I take that and I either put it towards anything that we need to pay off or put it towards save like my goal is to put it towards saving, but recently it's been things we've had to pay off. So
2: Perfect. Okay. So then so then we'll break down your net. Um the reason I want to add your gross in because um it was different. So that's why I wanted to, so thanks for clarifying on the benefits. So then you bring home, we'll just use round numbers, 1300, um, the 15th and 30th. And he brings home a smidge over 2000 a month every two weeks. Yes, Perfect. And then from there, you have a column that says additional income. What is that? So the 208 is
3: um, kind of what I get paid back from the FSA. So, you know, it comes out of my account and then that comes back into my account each month um, after tax. I guess it's, it comes out pre-tax and then I get the money back after tax to be able to pay childcare. So that's the 208. And then the additional thousand is actually um, just some family help that we have at the moment for childcare as well.
2: Okay, perfect. So I uh, just wanted to clarify that. Okay, so the 208 is actually deducted from your paycheck. It's not 208 because it's pre-tax. You get it back as $208 post-tax, and then you use that for your childcare, and then you get an additional $1,000 a month from family for the childcare. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about... So now that we understand your, your income and the breakdown there, let's talk about your expenses. And so the childcare... Is oh. substantial.
3: And that's going to go up come next February, about an additional, probably about a thousand more a month with the third child. Not the best plan to have three kids in daycare. <laughs> but it'll only be about six months before my oldest son goes to
2: kindergarten. So February through just July. Just for our um, listeners, be- I would like to just give them the numbers here. So it's $887 every two weeks correct? Yep. exactly. So that comes out to monthly, uh, 1774, which we'll go over your mortgage, but it is more than your mortgage. Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah. It's, um, so hard to find childcare down here and good childcare. And so and we said,
2: we um, said you were, you, you said you were in South Carolina, correct? Before I'm in Charleston. Charleston.
3: Yeah, so okay. the city of South Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm initially moved here, you know, right out of grad school, I thought, oh, I'm moving to the South and, you know, it's going to be so cheap down there. And then I realized quickly, I said, no, th- this was not a cheap move to make, you know, comparative to DC, which was my other option. Um, but, you know, it's a great place to live too. So I guess I'm paying for that.
2: Well, and then, you know, the childcare thing is temporary, which is which is good. But so that's going to go up another, um, so you think it'll run around 2,700 a month?
3: Yeah, I think that's, you know, it might be a little bit under that, but the infant room is more expensive than as they get older. And so it'll be right around there.
2: Oh, I did not know that. So no. it's not like a flat rate.
3: Yeah, and it's not a significant change, but it's um, it's a little bit. So like for my four-year-old, we pay, it's um, maybe like $100 less than my one son who's an infant, but he'll move up to the net, the toddler classroom. And then I'll have, I'll have one in each level at that point.
2: They're going to get you for each room. room.
3: Yeah. Making sure they stay in business for sure. <laughs> wow.
2: I, I think this is probably I, one, of I, the, I, one of the most expensive um, child cares that I've seen.
3: Is it really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's crazy down here. And truthfully, you know, for my first son, I was on a list at this school for three years before he got in. I mean, there's just not a lot of options down here. And so I guess they can really charge whatever they want to charge because nobody really has an option.
2: Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that is probably, as of what I'm looking at here with your expenses, Childcare is, I'm just going through here quickly, but that looks like your largest expense. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, and then your other expenses, I'm going to add in your, uh, debt payments as well but we have your mortgage which is uh, 1565 student loan payments which are 450 auto loan which is 350 food 350 gas 50 and then let's see what else we've got here and then gas and water 106 and then you have um, 75 budgeted in every two weeks for the kids and then you um, and your husband each have fifty dollars budgeted in
3: Yeah. So that's new. I, um, we've never been great about those types of expenses and really following those closely. So we sat down and had a discussion the other day and said, you know, we really, really need to bulk up our savings. Um, and so we need to try and stick to this minimal budget for right now, even if it's a short term period. Um, you know, we're not crazy spenders by any means, but it's once everything's paid and the money goes to savings, somehow that extra money just disappears and I don't know where it goes to. So we're trying to be a lot better about really following those um, those budgets and sticking
2: within it and being mindful so so that we can amp up our savings. Perfect. I think that's a good idea. So what I'm going to do is I just want to add up what you have for everything from a monthly standpoint. So I have down that it's 5,362. Not including That's savings, insane. okay, because I just I took it as a monthly number just so that we have an yeah. idea of what you have coming in monthly versus what we have um, going out monthly, just a little easier, um, even though I know the bills don't come in that way. So you're bringing in monthly, you're bringing in twenty six oh eight, and then your husband, which this is gonna be a little off because he's paid. 26 times a year, not 24, but that's another 4,078. So then bringing in total between the two of you, 60, probably closer to 6,700 a month.
3: Okay.
2: Okay. So then you're, and you're spending 5,000. We'll just round that up to 5,400. Okay. So then 6,700 minus 5,400 you have 1300 left over. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then you have in here that you're saving, you're saving the majority of that for an emergency fund.
3: Yes. That's what we're trying to amp up. So we just paid off um, a credit card that needed to be paid off. And our next goal is we have a savings um, of only about 4,000 of like liquid money that we could use. And so basically I took some of that savings paid off that credit card um, and then everything from this point on is going to go straight to savings. Um, you know, we still have that auto loan. I think we have maybe 3000 left on that. And then for the okay. student loan, um, we have about 9000 on that. And so my goal is to kind of get an idea from you of where I should really focus the priorities with those two loans and the savings.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I want to point out then you have the other, which I didn't add back in, is you have the other um, $1,000, we will just call it $200 coming in a month to reduce Okay. Good. Okay, so so basically monthly expenses are sixty seven hundred. Monthly income is sixty seven hundred. Monthly expenses are fifty-four, but we have an extra thousand an extra twelve hundred coming in from I don't even know if I want to count the two oh eight because it's coming out of your paycheck. It's just coming back to you to use. But it's not like should it's free money, but I think we should definitely subtract the thousand dollars from expenses because that's you know, someone's that's coming in that's additional income. Um, 208 okay. coming out of your paycheck. You're just not paying tax on it when you use it for a qualified expense, but. So technically uh, should I put that back into my take-home pay? No, because your take-home pay it's on, it's on a, like a card, correct? That you use or do they. So
0: it's, no. it's, it's not. a
3: direct deposit. Oh, okay. And so, you know, I get my direct deposit for my job, which is the 1304 and then It's like a few days later, basically, and it qualifies, and then I get a 208 direct deposit into my account.
2: Okay. All right. So then we will count it. Typically, other ways I've seen it done is they put it on a card for you, and you use the card. So it never really hits your personal account.
3: That's how my agency is. Okay. So the
2: 5,400 is what I have added up as all of your expenses. So we'll subtract 1,200 from that. So expenses are 4,200 approximately for everything you have listed here. So then you do have the money for the daycare that you're using pre-tax is great. And then the help from your family obviously is helping a ton. And I think before the next baby comes, you have a nice window of opportunity to bulk up your emergency fund, which is what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. Cause then that's going to make things just for that six month period tighter, obviously.
3: Yes. Yeah. There won't be as much money to savings at that point. Yeah. There sure. won't
2: be as much. So it's good to get the. I think it's good, especially with three little ones, to get the um, emergency fund up. And so, um, so that leaves you with twenty five hundred a month, and you're putting away right now fifteen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. And you have four thousand currently, and we have through November to do this. So we are in the month. We're just heading into July. So, and
3: I have through the ch- um, baby won't start daycare until February first.
2: Oh, perfect, okay. so we have a little like bit long longer. February first. okay. so we have July, August, September, October, November, December, January. So we have seven months mm-hmm. so that you should be able to save about ten thousand between now and then with the fifteen hundred.
3: Awesome. One thing I will go ahead and mention is, um, with the student loan, I just paid off all of the smallest loans, and then I have that one nine thousand dollar loan left. It's like a four point eight percentage APR. Is that the right uh, yeah. word? Interest. Yeah. Interesting. Um, <laughs> okay. So that four fifty is me paying. I think it's like one fifty eight right now as the payment, and then I take that extra money that I was used to paying and putting that towards the principal. So I wouldn't necessarily have to do that if you felt that money was better utilized somewhere else. Um, but I you know, really want to
2: get that paid off. So here's what I think. I think between now and the next baby comes, I would buckle down and okay. save as much as possible because we're doing 1500 towards the emergency fund, which I think is great because that will get you guys up closer to where's the emergency fund. Um, you have 4,000 about in there now. Mm-hmm. So that'll get you guys up to about 14000 And mm-hmm. okay. we should still, could we up the student loan payment? I know we have variable expenses in here, which I didn't add in, the $400 a month. So so even with variable expenses, we should still have another, I would say, $500 a month. Does that feel- <laughs> For now, when you add up, when we add up all of the expenses, the income... Including the four hundred variable, you should still have. Where's the four hundred variable? I see the two hundred. Um, so all the way down under entertainment and dining out. Oh, okay. Sorry, the food and the gas. Gotcha. Oh, oh, okay. So I thought that was an additional four hundred. So that's your total of your food and gas. Okay.
3: And then there's there is the two hundred um for the medical, which we're paying right now, just paying off some medical bills that I'm sure will continue with having another baby. So.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Where you?
3: It says okay, one time, up. but basically for right now, it's every month.
2: It will continue. Yeah. Because what I was thinking about doing is I like the idea. The reason I like the idea of kind of focusing on the emergency fund and the student loan is because, and I'm not as worried about the car loan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I would kind of
3: it's just. Really well, it's really like 3% and I'm not, it's actually with my in-laws. So I'm not worried about that either.
2: Yeah. And it, yeah. And it doesn't have a lot on it. So I, I would definitely focus on your student loan and the emergency fund and focus on those from now till February. And every extra dollar would go towards those because the reason why the student loan would be great to get paid off is it frees up $450 a month. Yes. Yeah. I would love to have that. Gone. And so, if you think about it from the perspective of then daycare is going to increase in February by a thousand. If that one is almost done, it's really only increasing your budget by five hundred.
3: Okay, yeah, that that'd be great. That'd be wonderful.
2: So those offset each other.
3: So Do you think it's feasible to pay off? Let's see, what nine thousand divided by four fifty? I think that puts us technically at twenty months that I would need to do four fifty. So would you start putting more towards that per month?
2: I would, I would do it. Um, Cause you're basically doing triple onto the emergency fund. So if you think about it in a percentage, like 25% is going towards the student loan. Um, the rest okay. of it is going towards the emergency fund. So I would keep that distribution, you know, the percentage okay. up. And then, but when your husband, so if he gets that $2,000 a month quarterly bonus, mm-hmm. you could split it that way.
3: Okay. To so do the seventy five twenty five there too.
2: Exactly. And then that way you get the emergency fund up higher. And then he also has, because the way we factored it in, which I think is a good way to do it because he'll have those extra paychecks. If you look at his monthly income and you're living on as if he's getting 24 paychecks and he gets 26 and he gets the bonus, then use all of the bonus money and the extra money from the paycheck. It's not really extra money, but from a budgeting standpoint, it is. Use that towards... Um, Emergency fund and paying off the loan. I just think it would be nice when you have the third baby come and you're going to have that additional childcare expense to have the emergency fund shored up a bit and have the loan basically gone. Because then your budget is only going to change by five hundred dollars, not a thousand. If we can get that one knocked off, and you could always then reduce your emergency fund by five hundred, and if the loan is done, then that saves you four fifty. So therefore, your budget's not that much different, so it won't feel as intense okay great
3: yeah I'm not looking forward to those six months
2: (laughs) but I think it's I think it's good that you came on the pod now because we have from now so you've you know until February to kind of sock away as much as possible and and get this squared away and I think that that would make the most sense because if if then you reduce your emergency fund and that goes down to you know a thousand dollars a month right and the student loan is almost done or just about done then now you've come up with 950, which should hopefully come close to covering the daycare increase.
3: Okay, awesome.
2: And then once you get savings from daycare, if there's still a little left on the student loan, you you could p- put that on there. Hopefully, we get you get that done, and then or you just continue saving for the emergency fund. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No,
3: that's I. I feel like the end is somewhat in sight for it now. Um, I, you know, when I first graduated from grad school and I had no money, I, you know, deferred payments. And now listening to everything that you talk about, I'm like, oh, I wish I had found you sooner <laughs> because I <laughs> would have been a little bit smarter about it. But it's it's amazing how they, you know, do what they can to keep you paying forever and ever. Um, so I'm, the end is in sight though.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the the key really is the fact that we're not using all of your husband's income in this budget. You know, we have an additional, um, really four thousand. He's going to get in that isn't accounted for here. Plus, then an additional potential eight thousand. So there's twelve. So even after 12. tax, that should be, let's just say, you net, I don't know, nine thousand out of that, give or take. Okay. Eight thousand out of that. There's one. There's the student loan that's gone. Awesome. Okay, perfect.
3: Yeah, and the 8,000 um, bonuses, the quarterly bonuses, that is after tax. So I, oh. I don't even know what he actually gets for his bonus, but that's we get about 2,000 each quarter for the bonus.
2: Oh, that's okay, because he's set to get a bonus any like in a couple weeks, so you'll have that bonus. Yeah. So you'll actually get three by year end. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, so that there, there's $6,000. So... I think it's very, very feasible to get that loan paid off and then to get your emergency fund up to 14000 especially with those bonuses. Awesome. Oh, so yeah. That would make me feel a thousand times better. Yeah, that would be nice. And then you have, a, a, enough, you have some cash on hand, which will feel good. And then once the loan is paid off, because even if you wanted to take, yeah, I think you'll have the loan done by year end, especially with those bonuses. Okay. Knock that off fast. And it's, did you say, you didn't say whether it was federal or not? So is it on the pause or? No, it is a private.
3: So, you know, right at the beginning, they were, there was no interest, but it wasn't paused. Um, so I just kept, you know, paying per usual um, and kind of knocking down as much as I could.
2: I was going to say, I almost feel like maybe even just knocking that off because you could have it done by year end. So 450 and then with the bonus money that would be 8700 and you would have it done by year end.
3: So should I just try to take all the money from the bonuses and go straight to that?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I I think so because then for January and February you can add that the 450 you were paying towards the emergency fund and that's 2000 okay. January and February so that would be and you'll have another bonus coming in maybe at the end of that quarter which would be March. Mm-hmm. See how see how it goes budget wise, and see how you're feeling from a comfort level. Either one will okay. work. The end is near. Whether it's December or February, you'll be able to get it done, especially with the bonuses.
1: Even if it okay. stretches
2: into March, that gives us, you know, we're almost there. So see how you feel how it's going with the emergency fund and how it's going. If you end up having a little extra monthly money that you stock into savings, but ultimately by March, I think have the student loan paid off and have that emergency fund up to. Um, fourteen hundred. Okay. Perfect. And then just curious, how um how much do you have saved in your 401k? I wanna say it's right around thirty one thousand.
3: Um I started this job in two thousand seventeen, I think that was what it let me pull this up. Um and I've been contributing all, but I wanna say there's maybe a six month period where I wasn't. I was really focusing on um some really high credit card debt. And so I think you at one point had said, you know, if the interest rate is significantly higher than that 6% that whatever is being matched that free money, and maybe I'm wrong. So feel free to correct me if you didn't mm-hmm. say that um, there was somebody else, but I pulled out of that for that six months, paid off that credit card um, and then went right back in at the 6%. And I actually, I'm supposed to hit it up 3% cost of living raise this next month. And so I went ahead and bumped up to 7% um, for my 401k moving forward because I just finished your your class um, and did that while I was doing the class and made the change.
2: No, so I think that's great. Um, I'm glad that you took the class and that's definitely something I always advocate for when you're getting a raise is to split the difference. So to increase your 401k when you get a raise, your 403b and then that way you've been living without that raise prior. So continue on your same budget and then it allows you to get a little bit of a raise for today and then it boosts your retirement savings for the future. Awesome. So I do have a question about that. Yeah. Once we get our savings
3: up and get the student loan paid off, should I start looking at putting money into an IRA
2: as well as the 401k? Yeah, you could. Um, I believe you guys are below the threshold. You could do a Roth IRA. And, but what is your, does your husband have anything available in his
3: job? He does. And he contributes, um, I think his is a 6% match also. So he contributes 6% to his 401k.
2: Perfect. Okay, good. And do you know how much he has in there?
3: I don't. I was trying to get it the other day and couldn't find it. So um, I would, truthfully, I'd imagine it's relatively close to mine because his he started that job maybe six months after I did. But <laughs> no, I wasn't able to go in and get it an exact number.
2: Yeah, so I think um I think that doing a Roth IRA in addition would be great. Okay. And what is that threshold? Yeah, let me let me check for you here. I should have it memorized. There's just always so many rules that I uh alternate what I have memorized at the moment. Um so let's see here. Okay. okay so for the tax year of twenty twenty one your modified, if you're married filing joint, which you guys are, your modified adjusted gross income needs to be under two hundred six thousand um, for twenty twenty okay. and two hundred eight thousand mm-hmm. for twenty twenty one. So, yeah, you could definitely do a Roth IRA outside of work because at that point, then with work, you're going to be doing what fifteen percent. So that's great, and then you could do a Roth IRA outside of it. Perfect. Yeah, and then if is saving for college something that's interesting to you and your husband for the kids. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um I haven't gotten to watch your 529 yet. I started it this morning. Um but I sorry, I am currently on you kind of keep me on track. So like if I listen to your podcast all the time, it keeps it at top of mind um and helps me with my goals. So clearly I'm a junkie. <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we definitely do want to do that. Um, and I think the great thing about that, that I wasn't a hundred percent sure before listening to that first part is that it could go to really anything. It could go to a trade school or whatnot. I just, this sounds crazy and you know, I have a graduate degree, so does my husband, but with the way education is going and the prices, I, you know, it's wonder what it's going to be in 20 years, but I want to have the savings there regardless of what it is. I just don't want to lose it. When the time comes, but obviously they'll need some sort of education beyond high school. Um, we want that for them. We want the opportunity there. Um, just don't know, you know, what's what it's going to be.
2: Yeah, and it's super flexible. So you could save, like, you could determine how much as a household you want to save for all education, and then you could split it amongst right. the three. And then if let's say the oldest doesn't use it at all, it could be transferred to the middle child or the younger child. So. So, it doesn't have to be specific to the
3: child. It can be as a household. That's great.
2: Well, you'd open them up in each of the beneficiaries, would be each of the children. But if, let's say, the oldest doesn't use it, you you could, as the owner of the account, as the parent of it, you know, of the account, you could say, okay, we're going to transfer these monies to our middle child. And then that's allowed. Okay, great. Yeah, the accounts would be open in each of their names. But if the concern always is you're opening them, you know, 15, 18 years in advance, you don't know what's going to happen. And so they are very flexible with transferring the account. Like who uses it is it's pretty flexible. Okay, Awesome. That's great. What is the max that you can do? So the max is pretty high. So it depends on if you're using, um, like which state plan you're using, if you use your own state or if you use a different state's plan, you're not beholden to your own state. You could use, you know, depending on who You choose to do the 529 with so for instance certain investment companies use certain state plans because they're more flexible with investment choices but in general it depends on the specific state what the the dollar limit is but it runs the gamut of um let me just give you the up-to-date numbers for total dollars allowed but um it seems like you have a good relationship with your family family members can contribute and they're allowed to use up to the annual gift limit which is 15,000 and then you can elect to do up to 5 years of the gift limit so you could put in 75 at once and then the total state specific um they have total dollar amounts that are um, allowed so Georgia is the lowest at 235,000 and then California is the highest at 529000 So I've never seen anyone, you know, not have enough, you know, not be allowed to put money in the account. Um, I think the benefit is that anybody can contribute. So grandparent, aunt, uncle, you and your husband. So it's very flexible from that standpoint too. Awesome.
3: Um, And then somebody had said, you know, if we were to open a bank account in my son's name for him that we put, you know, birthday money and different things like that and that that can count against whenever they're looking at like financial aid for schools. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I think, I believe it is. I'd have to review what the FAFSA rules are, but it would be considered, I'm pretty sure it's considered an asset of the child. Okay. okay. So maybe. And I, so I would say, well, I like the 529 better because as we know bank accounts aren't paying anything right now. Okay, And so the 529s are invested most often. That's why. So compounding of interest is amazing. So if your if birthday money and holiday money is all going into a 529 and it's invested, it can add up to be a lot. I feel like sometimes the pushback on it is like, well, what if they want to use it for a house? And um, so that could be one of the problems that so basically then if it's not used for an eligible expense, the earnings come out with a 10% penalty on taxes. But the money that went in doesn't get taxed again. So, okay, okay, great. Yeah. Well, Mary Margaret, thank you for coming on the show.
3: Thank you. This is so incredibly helpful. I, you know, I've been trying to kind of follow along and do the best I can, but having you really help me has been great. And um, I'm excited because we have, like you said, we have seven months to get this kind of under control and then get on the right track. So, before little baby number three.
2: Yeah, it's very exciting.
3: Thank you, Barbara.
2: You're welcome. And so for all of our lovely listeners, the best place to follow us is on Instagram, Future Rich Podcast. And you can check out our website too, which has all of our classes at www.futurerichpodcast.com. And check out, we've been doing Instagram Lives every Wednesday, answering topics specific. Um, So we have one out on 529s if you'd like to learn more. And check out um, what we're doing with Marcus Garrett. We're doing some webinars with him.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.